It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're a pro, you know that this is not efficient because you know there's a better way. There's also a better way to save. When pro customers buy building supplies in bulk at Lowe's, they save up to 20% every day. Buy in bulk and save up to 20% on concrete, gypsum, and gypsum accessories. At Lowe's, buy more, save more. Visit the Pro Desk or Lowe'sForPros.com for details. Discount applies to contractor pack items. Minimum purchase required, U.S. only. Locked, you are Locked On Rams, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Rams. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Travis Rogers here, Locked On Rams. And what do we have here but the first place Los Angeles Rams? Who would have thought that that was a possibility after the first game of the season, that Monday night disaster up in San Francisco where they lose that game 28 to nothing? And here you go, fast forward just a couple of weeks later, and the Rams are in first place. They are riding a little two-game winning streak. They beat Seattle in what might be one of the uglier football games you're ever going to see in your life in a 9-3 to win. And then they go on the road, pick up their first road win of the season, and they do it in Tampa 37-32. to And it was, a, it was a weird game, boy. It was a, it was a very, very weird game. And, and there's a whole bunch of things that I want to get to. I want to talk about the offense. I want to talk about that weather delay. I want to talk about getting away from throwing the ball downfield. I want to talk about what Rob Boris brought. There's Todd Gurley. There's a defensive touchdown. There's a whole bunch of things that still weren't going right. Of course, we'll talk about Case Keenum. There's a bunch of things to get to. And then at the end, I want to give you some thoughts on Arnold Palmer. But but, but more, more what Billy Payne might have to say about Arnold Palmer. Billy. Well, my name is Billy Payne, and we'll hear from him a little bit later. Oh, well, probably not him, but you get the idea. We'll do that. But I want to start with this, and that was just the fact that the offense, for the first time all season long, showed up and showed up big, big. The Rams went into this game having scored nine points in eight quarters. They left having just dropped 37 in four more. Four offensive touchdowns, a defensive touchdown, which they're going to get one every once in a while, so no huge surprise there, but four offensive touchdowns including going up top early to Brian Quick from Case Keenum, which I thought was it, it, it was both awesome to see and simultaneously incredibly aggravating because that is exactly what anybody that has even a very basic understanding of what you're supposed to do on a football field has been waiting for all season long. If I don't have to worry about you running past me, then I can stop everything that's underneath me. And the Rams just simply would not try to throw the ball over the top of anybody, have any of their guys run past them. And I look, I know the arguments why they're cautious like that, that Kenny Britt is not fast, that Brian Quick has terrible hands, that Tavon Austin is too wee to get anything done. I, I, I hear all of this, but you still have to do it. Do you know why you still have to do it? I would present to you Exhibit A of what we saw last night in Tampa because when you do it, it opens everything up. Was this not the first time all season long where we've seen Todd Gurley be able to get off a little tiny bit? He had a couple of nice runs. He scored a couple of touchdowns this season. The first time he's gotten into the end, well, first time anybody for the Rams has gotten into the end zone this season. But it was a nice, nice showing. Case Keenum was not great, but he was not terrible either. He was average is what he was. He was absolutely, completely, and 
every measurable way average. He had what you might consider the worst pick six you're ever going to see. He literally threw it right to a Tampa Bay player when there wasn't a Rams receiver anywhere around. And there's a very good chance that somebody went the wrong way. There's a very good chance that somebody ran the wrong route and nobody's going to leave anybody out to dry and, you know, Case Keenum's not going to say, well, the guy went the wrong way. The fact of the matter is he was looking right at them. If the guy's wearing a white jersey and not a blue jersey, I don't know what you're doing right there. It was a, it was a very, very weird um, turn of events because he had thrown such a beautiful ball to quick, and then you turn around and he throws that pick six right there. He's average, okay? That, but that level of averageness, that him being entirely mediocre – might be good enough for them to stick around and do some of that seven and nine. You know what that Jeff Fisher was talking about early in the year. He is very, very mediocre. If you give him a little bit of time, which he got for the most part, then he's going to be able to give you a little bit of offense. If you don't, he's not. He's just simply not going to make anything happen. He's not going to sit back there. He's not going to pick you apart. He's not going to look. There are 32 teams in the NFL, and he's the 32nd best quarterback. That's just a fact of the matter. There, Terrell Pryor and, and Case Keenum, and or I should say Cody Kessler and these guys are out there. They're knocking around, but I, I don't know that anybody in the NFL would trade what they have right now for Case Keenum. That's just a fact of the matter. Jared Goff, people would still want him, and we're going to see. And it was, it was interesting to watch because after that pick six, I thought that you're going to start to hear a lot of it looking at Twitter. By the way, you can always reach out on Twitter, at Travis Rogers. It felt like it was starting to spiral a little bit. It felt like it was like, okay. And then they had a couple of drives that sputtered very quickly after that. They couldn't get anything going. And you're like, you know what, let's just do this. He, for every nice pass he throws, he's going to throw a pick six. And then all of a sudden, it started to happen a little bit again. I thought that was a very, very interesting flow of the game for the offense. But, hey, look, you'll take it 37 points, an incredible offensive output for them. I, I let, Let's talk a little bit about the weather delay, too. The game was delayed for about an hour, and it happened right at the two-minute warning in the fourth quarter that the Rams were looking at a third and 11 from their own five-yard line. And the reason they were backed up as as far as they were was because Tavon Austin went absolutely brain-dead and caught a kick late in the, the, the Rams were ahead. The, the, the Bucks score, they kick off, and the, the Rams had their hands team in there because you're expecting an onside kick potentially in that situation. The Bucks decided to kick it deep, which is, you know, part of the strategy of the game. And Tavon Austin decides to channel his inner Willie Mays and go back and try to catch the ball over his shoulder, which he did. I mean, I guess it was a nice catch. The problem was he caught it on the one-yard line. He caught it on the one-yard line. And ending up putting the, the, the Rams in an absolutely untenable position when all he had to do was let it go into the end zone, cover the ball up, and it comes out to the 25. It was a brain-dead decision by a guy that is not really known for making great decisions. It was, it was a very weird moment. Anyway, they get stuck deep in their own field. They get stuck on a third and 11. The two-minute warning hits, and then the thunder and lightning comes, and they clear the stadium. They get the players off the field. They get the fans out of the stands, and they're going to tell everybody, hey, we're going to wait for the weather to go by, which was interesting because it's the first time ever in my career I had to do a weather delay broadcast on ESPN LA 710. That was kind of interesting myself and former NFLers Kirk Morrison and Eric Davis, and we were talking about it. It's like, hey, look, you got a lot of time to figure out what you're going to do when you come out of this break. You've got a third and 11. You're deep in your own end. The other team has to score a touchdown to beat you. They can't, they, they can't kick a field goal. So what do you do here? 
And we all kind of agreed that the one thing you couldn't do was throw the ball because if you throw the ball or if at least you have your guy roll out to throw the ball, if it's not there, then have him lay down on the ground. Have him lay down on the ground, keep the clock running, make Tampa use that last timeout. And what did the Rams do? They did a little fly pattern down the right-hand side. The ball was thrown out of bounds. No chance of anybody catching it. Only a handful of seconds comes off the clock. And it was another decision where you're thinking, what in the world are they doing? What in the world are they doing? And, and this is a Jeff Fisher thing. I don't Look, I'm going to be honest. I've never really followed a Jeff Fisher coach team as closely as I have this year. I'm not a Tennessee Titans fan. I wasn't a Houston Oilers fan, and I certainly wasn't paying that close of attention to the St. Louis Rams when he first got there. So I wasn't watching it. These aren't teams that were really popping on anybody's radar for the most part. And it feels a lot like a guy who has gotten behind who has watched the game evolve and is still trying to play a type of football that really doesn't exist anymore. It was really, really weird to see how that game came and and unfolded in the last couple of series because that play call was stupid. It was just flat-out dumb. It it, it didn't burn any clock. It left Tampa with their timeouts. And if Johnny Hecker doesn't go out there and, and, and bomb an incredible punt then you might lose that game. You, in, in fact, I, I wouldn't even argue to say that maybe you probably lose that game. Because I'll, I'll be honest, look, if Jameis Winston doesn't forget where the hell he is on the field at the end of the game yesterday, on the last play of the game, they had three or four good looks at the end zone. And the very last play, time running down, by the way, Tampa, congratulations to you for running a two-minute drill and leaving a timeout on the board. That's pretty impressive. But they go, and Jameis Winston's rolling, rolling, rolling. He's looking for a guy. He goes past the line of scrimmage by four or five yards. He doesn't even realize it. It was so weird that the Rams defenders weren't even quite sure what the heck was going on. And then finally, he ends up getting crushed. If he puts his elbow down or his his shoulder down and goes at that point, I'm not entirely sure he doesn't get there. But they get bailed out. The Rams win the game. Jeff Fisher gets bailed out because that decision to go for two points left it at an 11-point game, which could have meant had the Buccaneers earlier gone in for their two-point conversion because their kicker sucks, Roberto Aguayo, they could have been within a field goal of tying that game and going to overtime. It was a very, very poorly coached game from Jeff Fisher's point of view. The guy that I thought had a little bit of a better game was Rob Boris. They early on started throwing the ball down the field which was incredibly important. It gave them a touchdown, and it allowed Todd Gurley for the first time all season long to actually get that offense going a little bit. I, I thought that that was a, a huge play. Look, they're not, they're not going to stretch the field. They're not going to have a bunch of guys running deep. This isn't Bruce Arians and Carson Palmer, who they're going to see next week, who are constantly chucking the ball down the field. That's just not who they are, okay? It's just not going to be who they are. But you at least have to take some shots. You have to make that happen. All in all, a good game, nice to see the offense show up, nice to see them do the things that they were able to do offensively. I thought their defense played about what you would expect their defense to play. They gave up 32 points, but, you know, hey, they—they they, it was the classic bend-don't-break. I thought the defense was very, very good. I, I really did, and I think it's coming along. I'd still like to hear uh, Aaron Donald's name called a little bit more often, but I still thought that defensively they did a good job. I, I think that – it's a weird situation. We talked about this early in the year, that the ideal situation would be if the Rams continue to win and there's no noise to play Jared Goff. But the problem is they're winning. Keenum is still pretty crummy, so I think you're going to start to hear that noise from Goff before too long. I, I, I really do, and I think that maybe if you, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens in Arizona and you're back at 2-2 two and two and you got the, and a, a little bit more of a manageable section of your schedule coming up here. Um, 
but I think that that has to be a speed looking at look Cody Kessler is playing and Tavon Boykin is playing and of course Jacoby Brissett is playing Carson Wentz is probably an MVP candidate at this point in the season and your guys just sitting there looking like you won a contest to stand on the sidelines for a night it, it was it was very very weird Coming up later in the week, I want to talk about some other things as well, including some more Jeff Fisher things. We had more ejections. We had more penalties, eight penalties for nearly 100 yards. You have the quarterback situation. You have the decision to go for two. You have the play call coming out of the break. There's just a whole bunch of things that he's doing that just really do not make a lot of sense to me at this point. I think that's that, that's something that's worthy of discussion and probably something that we are going to do tomorrow. Just, just as an aside um, a, a couple of words on Arnold Palmer. I got to meet him once at a Super Bowl uh, down in San Diego, and he, he is everything that you've heard everybody say that he is. He was charming. He was funny. He was incredibly charismatic that this was a guy that everybody in a very big room full of a whole bunch of famous people, all eyes were on Arnold Palmer. It was very cool to see. It was a nice – it was definitely an honor to get to spend a, a, a couple of minutes with, with the king, to be sure. Um, I saw Billy Payne talking about him earlier today of course Billy Payne is a guy that gives that incredibly awkward master speech at the end of every year where he goes hello my name is Billy Payne and I am the chairman of Augusta National and this golf tournament I'm here to ask these boys some golfing questions but first allow me to bring in my good friend Jim Nance Jim come on in here now hello Billy and then Jim Nance just kind of whispers at you because it's just such an honor to be here in the butler cabin on CBS. It's just a very awkward situation. But Billy did what she said. I just want to say that my friend Arnold Palmer was a true gentleman in the game of golf. And the Masters will not be the same without his presence. And having him stand there with those other two old coots on the first tee hitting golf balls the way that they have since the Mesozoic era. My name is Billy Payne. Jim, tell me about Arnold Palmer. Thank you, Billy. On CBS. Very weird crew they have down there in Augusta. Anyway, lots to get to this week on Locked On Rams. They are 2-1. and one. They are in first place in the NFC West, and they have a very, very big game. They have to go to Arizona, and, of course, Arizona's coming off a very ugly loss in Buffalo, so they're going to get a very salty Cardinals team when it comes up. We will talk about that tomorrow on Locked On Rams. I'm Travis Rogers, and we will see you then. You are Locked On Rams. Your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fancy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fancy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.